Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crushing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. Unfortunately, not recording this one from a hot air balloon. Oh, no. What will we do? I just felt like the acoustics would be too bad. And that is the only reason why I'm not recording this from a hot air balloon. Is it because of the flames or because of the air? I mean, a little bit of both, honestly. Or is it because of the constant skydiving? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's pretty loud. What, what well, that's that, just how that's how you get the right vocal effects. You have to be bungee jumping past the microphone right. every time you say something. <laughs> so would like a blimp be better? Ooh, yeah, you could do a lot of bungee jumping out of a blimp <laughs> or like a zeppelin. Ooh, all all good options. Um, having just rewatched Kiki's Delivery Service the other night, Ooh. I'd be partial to a dirigible myself. Ooh. Um, but, you know, I could I could take any of them, really. It, it's funny. The only time I've ever think of the word dirigible is like Jamiroquai. I, didn't, I think they have a song that has that word in it. Who uses that word? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, um, but you know what we should what words we should say is uh, <laughs> welcome to our guest this episode. Sparkle, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. So happy to be here. <laughs> Are you, though? I, I have to say yes. <laughs> yes. Finally, someone says yes. In our defense, you picked this episode. Okay, it was my second and third <laughs> choice, though, because whatever the ones that I wanted initially were already taken, so... That's true. Yeah, you gotta get at it quick. <laughs> I That's know. Well, it's yeah. not my fault. Morgan did not tell me soon enough in advance, so I'm blaming yeah, Morgan. I'll take the blame on that one. <laughs> That's right. Don't worry. You get the first pick for season nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> <laughs> I said season nine, and this, in fact, is season four, episode five, Skywriter. Sure five seasons before that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you got also because, you know, there's many seasons here. You know, there's like the spinoff season. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. But I guess I'll comes... just have to stick with Morgan just to get that. <laughs> Are you I knew sure this about why you that? me. <laughs> it's the only reason. Uh, yep. Well, uh, unfortunately, just wow, this feels like a mean joke. I'm going to scrap. I was going to say something like, unfortunately, just like sticking with Morgan. I'm like, no, Morgan's great. So uh, that's the antithesis of the writers of this episode, um, who are uh, Michael Burke and Sherry Ziff, who are not great. Uh, Who is Sherry Ziff? Kind of a nobody. She's new, right? Yeah, she's new. She's kind of a nobody. She wrote next to nothing else. However, I did find her on LinkedIn. Uh, and she is a life coach. Uh, what does she coach? Life, okay. I guess. Don't die. That's how you do it. Uh, yeah. Um, often refers back to her time as a screenwriter. I did actually, when I was looking at the opening, at the, at the intro credits to this, I was like, how? much like good does it actually do your career to say that on your cv that you wrote an episode of baywatch because as far as i can tell there is very little writing involved 
Yeah. Well, I feel like once we're done with this podcast, we'll be able to make a definitive statement about that. Sure. Until then, I don't know. Maybe they'll write one episode that makes it all worth it. Could be. Maybe. Probably not, though. Probably not. And also probably not ideal is to say you directed an episode of Baywatch. And this one is directed by Lyndon Chubbuck, who first directed... Uh, Tequila Bay, season three, episode three, where Jimmy met Summer. Um, I guess that's kind of, you know, relevant to this episode plot spoilers. Uh, But this episode aired October 11th, 1993. Now, before we get into guest stars, some episode trivia. Per IMDb, this is one of the very few episodes where CG and Summer appear together. Really? Yeah, just think about that. They're, like, never together. Other than... Yeah, I guess that's true. We've already recorded the episode after this. uh, Yes. And we do see them together. But that's, like, the only time we've seen them together. If you think about it. Yeah, that's a good point. That is weird. It does seem weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But now let's talk about some guest stars. So, first up... We have Hunt Block, real name, Huntington, Huntington McDonald Block. Great name. Great name. Excellent. He Excellent. plays Simon in this episode. Sure does. Ah, okay. Yeah, he is the son of Huntington T. Block, the founder, uh, the founder of the oldest and largest. This is such a, I wrote this so weirdly. Okay, wait. <laughs> Founder of the oldest and largest managing general underwriter. What does that even mean? Uh, <laughs> underwriters are part of like insurance. Yeah, I know that, but ones. largest yeah. managing. I think I meant general manager underwriter. I don't know. <laughs> Who is, knows? He founded the oldest uh, underwrite, underwriting firm uh, of fine art insurance in the United States. Hmm. Uh, he also has the honor of being the most misunderstood Tetris piece. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, and he has a very famous brother. Ah, Bill Block. Do you know who Bill Block is? I I don't. He's the CEO of Miramax. Oh, yeah. That's pretty wild. Uh, Now, you may know Hunt Block as Joe Stern in The Dirty Dozen, The Fatal Mission, which I do not remember. Weirdly, I I don't. That's that rings no bells. (laughs) Yeah. The Dirty Dozen. Sure. Sure. The Fatal Mission. What? Uh, the plot is a team of renegade soldiers in World War II in World War II try to stop the creation of the Fourth Reich in the Middle East. Wow! Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it stars Ernest Borgnine, Jeff Conway, Eric Estrada, Ernie Hudson, and Telly Savalas, who you may know best wow. for his role as the lollipop sucking detective Kojak. Oh, wow. that explains so much about a scene later in this. Oh, movie. that does explain. I was, I had no idea what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting that they hired Hunt Block, a guy who was in a movie with the guy who played Kojak. Very yeah. interesting. Now, Adam Rich plays Ethan. He is best known for playing Nicholas Bradford on Eight Is Enough. Uh, you may also know him from the TV show version. Of Dungeons and Dragons, where he played <laughs> the, the what now? There was a TV show of Dungeons and Dragons from eighty three huh. to eighty five, and he played Presto the Magician. Ah, oh, classic, beautiful. Yeah, you know, 
Morton Kanan right up there with Preston and the Magician. Uh, mm-hmm. Or even Tukiki in Tukiki and his search for a Merry Christmas, where, <laughs> and I quote, because this is the description, Tukiki mm-hmm. is a small Eskimo boy who sets out to discover the meaning of Christmas along with a magical character known as the North Wind. He visits different places and learns about their customs of Christmas, which bring about a turn of events when he arrives home. Um, so, like, is he converting his town to Christianity? <laughs> like, is that it what the plot is? does feel like it's probably very racist. Yes. I had to make a guess. Yes, I would, I would guess so, too. <laughs> yes, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. now lastly, we have our most famous person of the episode. Can you guess who that is? No. no. Let me tell you about them. It is girl number one. And that is played <laughs> by Cindy Margolis. Do you know who Cindy Margolis is? No. No. Okay, so Cindy Margolis was a famous model in the late 90s to early 2000s. She was mm. named the queen of the internet by Yahoo from 96 to 99. And huh. she had the 2000 Guinness World Record for most downloaded person on the internet, as opposed to downloaded from somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) At her peak in the year 2000, her images were downloaded 70,000 times in the span of 24 hours, which is a lot for 2000, right? Yeah, Like a lot, a lot. So in 2000, she also hosted 15 episodes of the Cindy Margolis show, Wikipedia says the premise of this show was to have a lot of young people party and dance around a stage on which various events took place. <laughs> Here are the episode titles. I have all of them Ooh, for you. Great. These are great. Luau. Pajama Party. <laughs> Disco. The Big Show. The King versus the Queen. Frat Party. Drag Night. Okay. Sounds, sounds sure. fun. Bachelor Party. T and A sounds less fun. Mm. Ladies' night, okay. Halloween party, out of this world. Springer break. Here's my favorite one coming up. Big pimpin. Oh, no. Love that one. And <laughs> it then, really is from the night. And, uh, and lastly, aired on a, on uh, November twenty fourth, two thousand. Thanksgiving party. So, <laughs> now, this show. Hang on, I want to talk about the Thanksgiving party episode real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we imagine that people just showed up dressed as, like, turkeys? Maybe someone's a bowl of stuffing. No, Morgan, here's... You got someone as a green bean. No, Morgan, this is the year 2000, so it's definitely a lot of white people dressed as Native Americans. Oh, That's fuck. probably right. correct, yes. It's, yeah. it's the sexy Native American. Oh, That's yeah. Yeah. And they probably fuck. rolled around in gravy or something. <laughs> You know, like, and then we're like, like Bob and Gracie, Gracie. Yeah. yeah. Look, nothing is sexier than not being able to see the person you're ogling. <laughs> you're like, is that I, I, I can't pick out any of your features. But <laughs> your imagination fills in all the blanks and then it's so much better. Yeah. Is that is that literal feces? Is that gravy? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would argue probably the gravy fills in a lot of the creases <laughs> and the gaps. But... <laughs> Ayo, now, this show was hosted with Lance Crawl, who later became famous for being on the Joe Schmo show. Do you know this show? 
That sounds no. familiar, but I can't like attach it to anything in my mind. Uh, okay, well, Sparkle, let me give you some hints. <laughs> it's a reality show from the early 2000s. Dude, that does not narrow it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is 8,000 of those. It's maybe the meanest premise for a reality show. The premise is everyone but one person is in on the fact that this isn't a reality show. Is it the, is it it the is. Prince Harry thing? Or the Prince... No. No, not that one. That's I Want to Marry Harry. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, so basically what happens is they pick one guy, and he's just a normal dude. And he goes into the house, uh, and they basically cook up some sort of, like, this show is is this. And he thinks everyone else is a normal person, but they're all paid actors, and he's the only not actor. So the whole huh. show revolves around them. So it's all to fuck with one person. Wow. Okay, this does and sound familiar to me now. I never saw it, but I remember people talking about it. The first se- There's three seasons. The first one has some actors you may know. Hmm. The f- like David Hornsby. Do you know David Hornsby? I know the name. Uh, he plays cricket on It's Always Sunny. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even... Kirsten Wig, sorry, Kristen Wig. Um, wow. Who uh, the actor, the main guy, the guy who's not an actor, actually accidentally injures her. Um, oh shit! In a sumo wrestling contest, uh, <laughs> sure. And she gets a concussion, and she comes back, and he feels so bad that he gives her the prize that he won, which was like a spa trip. And they changed oh. the whole premise of the show to maybe we shouldn't fuck with this guy anymore. He seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> right? So. Sure, sure. So, like, he automatically wins the show. Like, he has to. And he gets $100,000 at the end after they fuck with him. So then mm-hmm. for the second season, uh, they do a fake dating show. And they get, like, this bachelor or bachelorette, like, kind of thing. And they have two contestants. And one mm. of them figures it out because she's not an idiot. <laughs> and uh, she also hears from someone talking about like, oh, yeah, my agent told me I should like apply to this. And she's like, agent. So mm. then they replace her and they say, OK, you can be in on the show and you'll get the prize money. But only if you pretend to go along with everything and fuck with the other two people. Like we're going to bring in wow. someone new. And she says, yeah. So the third person figures it out because she sees <laughs> Natasha Leggero and she's like, I just saw you like two months ago at a comedy club. What are you doing right. here? And she's like, uh, I'm not Natasha Leggero. I'm the drunk woman. <laughs> um, and, uh, but the guy doesn't know. And so it's, it's like a, it's a mean show. And the third one has Lorenzo Lamas. Uh, it's a show where they convince uh, one guy that he's on a show where everyone is a bounty hunter and, <laughs> and, and the goal is to find the best bounty hunter. And Lorenzo Lamas played sure. a bounty hunter once. So he just plays a version of his character. Uh, yeah. and then, yeah, you win a hundred thousand dollars at the end when they're like, it's not a real show. <laughs> huh? So yeah, the Joe Schmo show, very weird. The 2000s were a weird time and maybe a mistake. I kind of like the idea, even though it is mean. (laughs) Like, in theory, I like it. Not in practice. Yeah. You know, and like the guy who was on the first season regretted being on it and then came back around. 
because mm-hmm. he was like, I got, I was put on TV and basically fucked with for, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I won not that much money for it. Yeah. You know, maybe a million dollars would be fine, but like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, like no, no, it, it doesn't. really doesn't. Um, anyways, that's all I got. Morgan, you want to take us into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. We start this episode off in the most high flying of ways Whoa. with CJ on a hot air balloon with her date, uh, Simon, right? Yeah. Yes. And she is just not happy. She is not feeling this date. Simon's kind of weird. And they're in a hot air balloon and it's bad. Um, But then eventually they land back on the beach and then we cut over to Summer who finds out that Slade is back in town. Uh oh! He didn't even get in touch with her to let her know. But wait, you missed that. You missed how how um, creepy asshole balloon man asked CJ to go away with him forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And she was like, "Um, this is our second date." <laughs> yes. He, he also starts reading her some poetry, and she goes, "Oh look, that's where I work." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this I dude just, is, like, is bad. As someone who has, at this point, watched, I believe, three or four episodes of Baywatch, two of them when I was guesting on the show, and two when I happened to be uh, around and Morgan needed to watch them, um, how many creeps does CJ date? Because it's beginning to feel like a lot. <laughs> um, Quite a few. <laughs> it's less than you might think, because a lot of the people she dates now, I feel like, are just people who are who work for Baywatch. Uh, yeah. And like like we recently talked about um Court who isn't a creep, he's just going blind. Yes. So, you know, the classic <laughs> opposite. Creep or going blind. That makes so creep. I I just like um this it's okay. he's was a cowboy. terrifying. Yeah. And the show did yeah. not seem to really recognize it, but I was like, this man no. is a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing he wants to do is take a woman who he's been on two dates with in a hot air balloon around the world. No, 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 Morgan. He wants is- to sail the skies with her, which he says <laughs> about 50 fucking times. Yes. <laughs> now, what if he was, like, loaded? Like, super loaded. Well, surely he must be somewhat loaded. How else is he living his life live on a hot air balloon? I don't think he lives That's on the hot air balloon. Point. Like, he, can't, he has no we place see to no sleep. He can't otherwise. shit on that thing. <laughs> Actually, maybe he, off it. maybe he shits off the side. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. As, as an expert in shitting science, uh, you are right that... I totally missed that one. I'm sorry to all my, uh, to all my, our listeners who go to me for all the shitting science questions. I like to imagine that he's like a proto van lifer influencer person, mm. but just in a hot air balloon. It just really you say seems like, like he lives there. It sure does. You say proto, but we're also in Malibu and Venice, mm. so there it's not That's proto. True. It's the present. <laughs> like yeah, Slade does actually canonically live in his van on this show. So. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Speaking of Slade, uh, after this we get a Slade surfing montage set to what I can only describe as "Knock Off Enya" for about three minutes. It's well, it's funny so you like say ten. That. 
<laughs> yes. Funny you should say that because in the original version, uh, it was Book of Days by Enya. Uh, <laughs> oh, and it was well, <laughs> which uh, and the song was originally sung in Gaelic in '91, and then mm-hmm. in '92 for the movie uh, for Ron Howard's movie Far and Away, she redid it in Gaelic and English. And the movie is it's about Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman being Irish immigrants moving to America in the 1890s. Um, Yes. Which Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, the two most Irish people I can think. Yeah, exactly. Of note of note, this song for from that movie was nominated for a Razzie. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But Um, somehow worse is the version that I assume Sparkle and I got, (laughs) which is. Torn by Doug Bossy and Gary Guzman. Uh, those are the singers, but the song has four writers. Wow. Um, Sparkle, I want you to read the, or sing this four writer song um, because it truly is uh, such a great song. <laughs> My throat's a little scratchy tonight. I don't think I can pull off singing, but <laughs> you can read it. I can read it. Okay. Fighting, always fighting, with my back against the wall. My fear was rising, flying. Now I'm flying. Does fear make you fly? Is that okay? I'm back where I belong. There's no denying. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. There you go. Uh, There's no denying. Make the choice. Just make the call. Why can't we have it all? Love is a losing game. Our hearts remain the same. But now she's torn. Can't find her way. She just can't make up her mind. Make up her mind. But now she's torn. Can't find her way. She just can't make up her mind. So presumably she needs two men to do it for her. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, I feel like the way the writing process here worked was like one right. Each writer took like four to five lines. And that was their lines to write. But then a few of them came up with the same lyrics and said, fuck it, <laughs> ship it. I'm, I'm imagining it more as that improv game where every person just says one word. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Big theater kid energy here. Oh, yeah. Always. Now, now I would like to talk about the next scene here. Um, sure. Because after this, Matt sees Slade uh, and, and or Matt sees what did I write here? Matt sees Slade and sees him talking to Summer. Okay, that makes sense when I say it out loud. Um, now, Kelly Slater is acting up a storm here. Um, some, Boy, is he. Some combination of the three of us, only two of us need to do this, but who wants to volunteer, I can if you want, to act out Summer and Slade's conversation? I, I can, I'm, I'm happy to. I can do it, sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's so, let's do. Okay. So two of us. Which one of you wants to be Slade, and which one of you wants to be Summer? I'm fine either way. Uh, I yeah. I don't think I care. Just you be right, you no. be Slade. <laughs> Perfect. Summer, I can't believe you're here. I can't believe you're here. Why didn't you call me or anything? I wanted to surprise you. Well, you did. I miss you. <laughs> it's great, but this feels better. <laughs> At this point, he goes in for a kiss, but transition it into a hug uh, because it's all mm-hmm. awkward. 
And yeah, she she is not into but it. But Matt sees this. Matt sees this awkward moment and still feels bad about it. Yes, which is weird because like that's a that's that's not like a romantic thing. They they hugged very friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole competition between Matt and Slade this episode, I didn't love. It's very bad, but also one-sided. <laughs> yes. Okay, but I just, I just need to clarify. Okay, so Slade is the one who's actually a professional surfer, right? I saw him yeah, last time. Yeah, the greatest time. surfer of all time. Right. Actually. I saw him last time. Okay, now, I don't want to oversell this, but having only seen him in one episode a season ago and seen him now, he has gotten better. Yes. He's still uh, alive, but he's, he has gotten better than the last time I saw him. He's still the worst actor on this show, but like not the worst actor we've ever seen on this show, but no. the worst actor who's on more than once on yeah. the show. It it feels a little bit like he learned to read sometime <laughs> in between season three and four, um, which is maybe too mean, but does feel like it might be accurate. Yeah, it feels yeah. like before it really felt like he was like, like he was, un- like somebody was feeding him each individual word or something. I don't yes. know. It was really fucking weird. <laughs> and this time I was like, okay, like you're still Summer, not good line. I can't believe yeah. line. You're here, line. It's it's her turn, line. Yeah, I just like he's still not a good actor, but like he really is like several miles ahead of where he was. You don't you don't, yeah. you don't understand, Sparkle. The words don't need to be on paper. You find the words in the water, in the way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to surf your way through a sentence. <laughs> he just has been looking for the words previously, and now he's had a year to look yeah. for them as a surfer. He opened up his third eye yeah. to words. The yeah. Yeah. And the lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I mean, he's never going to listen to this, but I really hope he doesn't listen to this. (laughs) I don't want to get banned by Kelly Slater on social media or something. That sounds sad. He has beautiful eyes, and he is actually, I think, one of the more attractive men in this show. Uh, Yeah. I I am not into the 90s version of attractive for the most part. (laughs) David Charvet is a hunk. Matt. I think that Slade is cuter. Yeah. Teach okay. their own. It's fine. I think I'm just the hot air say balloon nice is things the so that if you listen. <laughs> He's not going to listen. You say that. But what the fuck okay. else is he doing with his life right now? Well, if there's one community on Twitter you don't want to get on the wrong side of, it's the 90s professional surfing. <laughs> Whoa, I want to be involved in that community. Uh, <laughs> hey, dear Beef Boys, if you listen to this episode, <laughs> spread the word. We want to get to Kelly Slater. We want Kelly Slater to appear on this podcast. Tweet him. Hell yeah. S- send him snail mail. Get Cameo. I don't know if he has Cameo. I don't think he does, but get him to do it. Listen, if if Kelly Slater was willing to come on our podcast, I would I would personally apologize for every mean thing I have said about him. <laughs> I would personally apologize for having a podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have read this before, but I was just reading t- trivia about Kelly Slater. And, oh, in a 2014 interview, he revealed he frequently clashed with the writers over the quality of the scripts. Yes. Which is why he has three right now in the show. 
To which Morgan mm-hmm. specifically said, I don't think, I think the scripts are better than you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That was true last season. This season, I am not convinced. I am absolutely <laughs> still convinced this season. <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe I'm being tricked by his beautiful eyes. Probably. Possibly. <laughs> Um, but I do agree that he has definitely gotten better. <laughs> sure, that's like a snail getting faster. <laughs> it's good to celebrate progress, Michael. <laughs> yeah, but like, what if your progress just stinks? <laughs> Even small progress is progress. I'm not his therapist. I'm his critic. <laughs> like, I'm the opposite of his therapist. My job is to make fun of him. Otherwise, I have no content. (laughs) Fine. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking Uh, of making fun of people. (laughs) Yeah. We're uh, we're on to some more Simon now. Oh, wow, yay. Which is great. And this is where we learn that Simon wants to sail the open open skies with CJ and... Uh, CJ thinks he, that that's he, stupid. He says he wants to fly every sky, and I'm like, yes. So the one, <laughs> yeah, like it's just the one sky. You mean like ours? Seas where there's more than one to see, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one's like, oh man, it's the Pacific sky. Like, what? <laughs> I will say I do like the idea of what he means, being that he wants to take a hot air balloon to every planet. <laughs> Um, and and just you know sail through the Martian skies in this hot air balloon. I like the idea that he has to break atmosphere in the hot air balloon as well. <laughs> Look, I just had a lot of questions about this man. I needed to understand yes. how he became someone whose sole fucking identity is being a hot air balloon guy. How did he get the hot air balloon? Well, what we do this? find out. We do find out his job. We do. We do? Yeah. He's an advertising exec. Oh, I think oh, she does right. say something about that. Like, right. like in yeah. Mad Men. Right. Yeah. Therefore, Baywatch is definitely in the same universe as Mad Men, <laughs> by which I mean Earth. <laughs> I mean, I assume that Don Draper would definitely have been. No, it wouldn't have been Don. I wish now, I could remember someone else. Yeah. But someone now, would have been in a hot air balloon. Simon does say he's giving up his job <laughs> so that he can fly and that he wants CJ to go with with him. Okay, again, even assuming that you could live in the hot air balloon, which I am I'm not convinced of here. What happens when it rains? I don't know. But even assuming you could do it, like, you still have, how do you eat? How do you think you have to land places and, like, go? You can't pack much food on there? I mean, I You just go on a picnic every day. I understand that CJ is mostly just like, please get away from me, Creeper, and that is totally valid. Um, and mm-hmm. probably asking him more questions would be a terrible idea. You should not engage the stalker. But, like, I have I will say I'm I'm loving the mental image of him just like landing his hot air balloon in the parking lot of a QFC and just like popping in for some deli meat or something. Yeah. Like (laughs) now. Now, Simon also says he needs to know everything. You know, he says he knows everything he needs to know about her, which seems doubtful. So that my Mm -hmm. question to both of you is, hey, hey, do you know each other's passwords? Uh, I know Morgan's phone passwords. Yeah. Okay. So this is very funny. So back when I was like, 
actively dating, one of the questions they have on OkCupid is uh, like, you know, so for your questions, there's always like a yes or a strong agree. Yes. Middle, like neutral answer. No, or strong. No. And one of them is like, it's important in a relationship to know another person's passwords. And like, I was like, you know what? Like, maybe. Yeah. Because like, what if something happens to that? Sure. You want to know. And that is not a popular opinion, apparently. <laughs> Some of my friends made fun of me for it and said, huh. all of your dating problems, Michael, are because you just want to steal people's passwords. And I'm like, no, <laughs> steal their passwords. I just what if something happens to them? I want to be able to, like, text people that right. are important yeah. to them. Yeah. I mean, I. I just did it so that they could control Spotify on my phone. Yeah, I wasn't that deep. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's also fair. I mean, yeah. Morgan might know some of my passwords. They've definitely watched me put in some of my passwords for various streaming services. I know your very secure password for uh, renting titles on Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> okay, but that's once you're already logged in. They made me do a password. It's just one, two, three, four, five. It's fine. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, we should probably bleep that. <laughs> you have to be in my Amazon account first. Anyway. And I do know some of the passwords to your streaming service. Right, because you like watch me put um, them in. And also I share my exactly. streaming services fairly widely. A lot of people know the yes. passwords to my streaming services. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, I, I, I would say that if you are concerned about your partner knowing your password, that's a different issue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So my question is, do you think Simon would be the guy who would have stolen CJ's passwords? 100%. I assume that's how he's funding his air balloon travel. He's seducing women <laughs> and stealing their money. He's, he's the 90s version of the Tinder swindler. Look at Max, why do I sense that him just... I can't... Fuck, I love this idea now. Just a man, a con man floating around in a hot air balloon seducing women. I'd be way more likely to be, like, at least interested in him than the fucking Tinder swindler. Right. Which, by the way, I love that there was a part of, there was, like, a small period of time where you could type uh, Tinder swindler and it would it would be like, do you mean Tilda Swinton? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I do not. Also... After watching the Tinder swindler, I cannot because one of the women keeps pronouncing it Tindler swindler, um, which is just such a better name. And I'm mad that they didn't call it that. I know it makes no sense, but I just every so often the phrase Tindler swindler pops into my brain and it makes me happy. Your poor brain. Uh (laughs) So for our next scene, we're going to need to again Mm -hmm. do some theater. Um, Now... For this, um, mm-hmm. uh, there's three roles here. Uh, Sparkle, sure. you, you will be Garner. Okay. Morgan, which one of the old Jewish women do you want? Rose <laughs> or Mimi? I'll be, I'll be Rose. Okay, so you'll be Rose, and I will be Mimi, and Sparkle will be Gardner. Uh, this scene is what, maybe my favorite scene ever in Baywatch. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. Yes. So Mimi, what are you talking about? Your hip? My hip is much worse than your legs, Rose. Oh, please. My legs are so numb, I don't even feel them when I walk. I don't know what you're complaining about, because if I step wrong, my hip goes out and I fall. What do I do about that? Well, that's because... Hey! Hey! Carry a cane! You would love me to look like an invalid, wouldn't you? 
You are so vain. You'd rather fall and break your hip. Rose, if you were as pretty as I am, you'd be vain, too. You know you're dropping a stitch. A true, no, a true story. But when I watched this scene, I messaged Morgan and said, please, please, can we just have an entire Baywatch episode that just follows Mimi and Rose? Yeah. <laughs> that's all yes. I want. <laughs> I mean, that's called the Golden Girls. <laughs> and I love all of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> alternate alternate idea. What if we stopped this podcast and just watched the Golden Girls? Nah, I mean, we have to do both. <laughs> now, we, because I mean, we get a chase scene that is honestly very funny to me because yes. Garner is taking a buggy everywhere. Uh, well, I want to be clear here. He's taking an ATV, and Sorry. specifically, he takes it down a tight staircase, yeah. which proves that it is, in fact, an all-terrain vehicle, which <laughs> I thought was very <laughs> There is, like, so much going on in this scene, mm-hmm. and yet also absolutely nothing. He's facing a man who looks exactly like the amazing Jonathan, uh, just, like, around L.A., uh, and... I don't know why why they bothered to film so much. <laughs> yes. Um, but but eventually he chases the guy to the beach and his ATV runs out of gas and Mitch tackles the guy in the water and captures him. Um, and then Garter tells Mitch that he wants to get a horse to start riding when he fights crime. He, he no, 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 because no, you skipped quite a bit. You got you, you, you can't just go to that. <laughs> but I do need to I do need to just point out the the premise of why Garner needs a horse instead of an ATV, which is that horses don't run out of gas. Yeah. And 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 I lost my entire mind. So he says that. He specifically says also if he had his horse, he cleaned up the beach quicker than White Earth cleaned up Tombstone. Which is yes. inaccurate because the gunfight at OK Corral was like, you know, one day. But they had 30 shootouts prior to the gunfight at OK Corral. <laughs> so, like, it was an ongoing feud for about a couple months. So, yeah. uh, you could just use your ATV instead. Yeah. But, anyways. Garner, the whole point is Garner thinks that that guy he chased was, in quotes, the toad who has been snatching purses <laughs> up on the beach. Uh, I missed that. And Mitch says, that's not Garner's job. And he gatekeeps the sand. <laughs> he says, the sand is my domain. It's not your job, uh, which is why when Garner was chasing the guy onto the beach, Mitch just started running at him. And tried to tackle him. And he ran faster than an ATV running out of gas. And uh, Yes. Because when, like, Mitch on the sand is like a plus 10, you know, <laughs> speed <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. He's in his element. Right, exactly. I mean, he's, yeah, I guess he's technically like a sand demon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mitch is actually secretly one of the... Um, Members of the House of Trades. Ooh. Wait. I don't I don't have more. What is spice in Baywatch? Cocaine? <laughs> At least based on the writers. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll allow that. <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, next next we get a scene where CJ is uh, patrolling the beach uh, when we see that two men are approaching her and just get very horny um, <laughs> and just kind of like follow her around for a little bit until eventually they go to next to some women on a blanket and one guy acting as a distraction falls over while another guy puts a cool cooler over the worm, woman's purse and steals it this way. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how this works. And I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I have no clue. Well, I sort of do um, in the sense of like, yeah, it's definitely like a magician's trick, you know, yes. but uh, it also doesn't make sense. On like no. a lunchbox. Because <laughs> if you have no. the lunchbox, and if the lunchbox has like a, a bottom that pops up or whatever, like how sure. does it? When you set it up, does it like go up and spin around and put the person? Yeah. <laughs> and if it did that, I mean, it just seems like the it being against a flat surface. And ha- right. <laughs> it also isn't reliable. No. Yeah. Like because the way that they do it is just. I place it on top of a purse. I just push or press, and then now I have the purse, which like it wouldn't right. work that reliably. <laughs> no, definitely. Also, like, how many purses are we set? Like that was not that big of a box. So like, oh, yeah. I think they're doing one at a time. That doesn't seem very like. That's why they're watching for life. So they weren't being horny. They were actually what? Well, maybe they were, but they. Were, <laughs> I was gonna say, but they were <laughs> they were watching the lifeguards to see that they weren't paying attention. And they were they, multitasking. Ooh. Was CJ not paying attention because she got the call from what's his face? No, she was there on the beach, so she was. Paying, oh, I'm yeah. mixing it up with a future thing. Never mind. Yeah, that's a different scene. She just turned around. Oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're about to get to her taking a call from Simon, um, at her, the tower. To ask if she wants to fly to Hawaii in his tiny hot air balloon. No. Um, <laughs> I take, like, and, and she does not. <laughs> we, we're we're going to die. So. <laughs> right. I think she specifically is like, I'm not allowed to take personal calls at work. Yes. Which I'm sure is true. And I'm, I understand she's saying it to not like piss off this weird, creepy stalker. But I do feel like the bigger concern should be that he wants to fly to Hawaii in a hot air balloon. <laughs> and they're both concerns. Yeah. But like, what? Like, like, how did he get her number? That concerned me. I looked up. Uh-huh. At some, <laughs> I looked up at some point, like, like how far can you travel in a hot, hot air balloon? It, it doesn't seem like anyone, like, apparently you can go away, but most people don't go that a few miles. But the longest hot air balloon flight ever recorded was 25,361 miles. So, wow. <laughs> I am, wow. You just gave me a great idea, uh, by the way, that I'm researching okay. right now. Um, I almost have the answer to it. Uh, which is okay. I, I am looking up uh, the phone numbers for the lifeguard towers uh, <laughs> in real life, uh, and yeah, I, c- I can easily find. I easily find huh. like the HQ numbers. Like I found Zuma's like sure like page and you have the internet. You in. <laughs> well, you can just look up in the phone book. Did, was he carrying a phone book? He was totally clicking on it. <laughs> 
he ran away to get the deli meats. He got the phone book. <laughs> I will say, though, it feels like like I can't imagine those the phones on those towers are exposed to the wider phone network. No, no. Like, so they would have to call a private. H- they have to call HQ right. and then patch them in. Yeah, which, to be honest, considering that most often we see Ben working the switchboard, yeah, I ben. totally believe yeah, that he fuck would just ben. be like, yeah, let me forward this stalker's call onto CJ. He's like, oh, you you know Casey Jean? Let me patch you in. Like, mm-hmm. This is why Ben should die. Because <laughs> he's just old and worthless. Wow, that's mean. Um, I mean, he... Stop looking up things in hot air balloons. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> apparently, Listen, we haven't we haven't had a hot air balloon centric episode before. So apparently. now is now is the time to inform our what, listeners. What? A used hot air balloon can cost between seven thousand and fifteen thousand dollars, and a new balloon can cost around forty thousand or more if it is custom made or a special a special shape. And propane, the average balloon flight uses around 20 to 30 gallons. So based on the cost of propane in this article, one flight will set you back about $50. So That's so much cheaper than I was expecting. It is. It is. But like... (laughs) That's why there's so many basic white couple pictures on hot air balloons. Yeah, right. All I'm saying is, with the way the car market is right now... If I sold my car, I could buy a pretty decent used hot air balloon, <laughs> and it's not no. Okay, but like you could buy multiple. <laughs> last, but certainly not least, balloon insurance is a must for any pilot. <laughs> oh yeah. Most pilots pay about fifteen hundred a year, while commercial pilots who fly riders for a living will pay anywhere between ten and thirty thousand dollars. They're not really wow. pilots. They're just a guy who stands there. Once you get up there, you're just going whichever the way the wind takes you. So I guess if the wind is blowing towards Hawaii, you can head toward Hawaii. But what happens when it blows the other way? You know, that's a really good point. (laughs) Okay. I don't think I ever really thought this much. New idea. New idea. New idea. Hot air balloon. When you get up there, there's a steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) But does it work? No clue. It's just there and you spin it. They're, they're just power. There's no there's no directionality on them. They just go right. with the wind. Right. So um, if we are going to put a steering wheel up there, though, I, I vote that it be from an old pirate ship. Oh, it just yeah. feels the most appropriate. What if there is also like uh, one of like the busts at the front, just like this, like old mermaid on the front of the hot air balloon? Yes. Perfect. Okay, new idea. What if we attach a very large hot air balloon to an old pirate ship? So and we become sky pirates. That's just a Final Fantasy idea. So okay, sure, great. <laughs> you Fair. don't like heights either. What are you talking about? Oh, I would hate being on it, but I would love to say that I designed and built a sky pirate ship. <laughs> That's our look, Morgan. I know we keep on saying you know, we have all these ideas, and then we never get to them. This is for sure the idea we'll get to. Oh, definitely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. If if mm-hmm. if you put it on paper, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's our most lucrative idea yet. 
Yeah, not as, you can you can fly people for like 150, 300 bucks a ride. So yeah, there's that. And that's just for a normal hot air balloon, not even a sky. Not even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, hot air ballooning is regulated by the Federal Aviation Administration, and all pilots and balloons must meet their regulatory you, standards. You know what's going to make it? You know what's going to make it piratey? Is that what? we land on buildings, but we have a flippable bottom on the hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> we just land on it, then we get the building. We just swallow the building. Yeah. <laughs> We're sky pirates. New balloons must pass annual and 100-hour inspections. And you must also wow. invest in additional equipment, ground crews, ground crews, and insurance. And to fly one, you have to get your pilot's license to do it. Um, <laughs> okay, new uh, plan. at for 100 hours with a hot air <laughs> <laughs> New plan. We build a platform in international waters and we only take off and land from that platform. Um, and we we buy a flag with gold fringe. OK, so that we're under admiralty court. OK, but okay, last okay. I heard you were going to put a steering wheel in, but we're not at all confident the steering wheel would work. And that might be an issue yes. with the. <laughs> It's not. We'll be powered by pirate radio. Yes. We'll just turn the dial on the radio and then it'll be like, oh, that's the direction we go. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing you may not have noticed, or maybe you yes. did notice, I don't know how bad Morgan's memory is, but bad. Um, this is the second episode in a row where, where they decided, let's make this, this episode equine themed. <laughs> what was the first one? The one last episode was Court had a horse. Oh yeah, he came in on a horse as a cowboy, yeah. and this and lassoed a dirt biker. Yes, yeah. Who went? I do you remember that now? Sure. I uh, talk like that <laughs> now. Garner also has a horse, and he triumphantly yes. is riding up in a horse as Mitch stands confused, confronted by three women who say. They got their purse stolen. And mm -hmm. we get a slow-mo of the horse jumping over someone's lunch, and everyone stares at him. Now, Garner asks what the problem is, and Mitch says there's been a serious ordinance violation, to which Garner is dismayed that Mitch would call him on an ordinance violation, and Mitch says that <laughs> Garner has committed it. Now, uh, mm -hmm. Mitch says the people on the beach could be trampled by a horse, and Garner says no, his dad owned Which mm -hmm. is a valid point. Yes. It is a very valid point. Uh, Garner says, no, his dad owned a horse ranch in Georgia, and I learned to ride horses before I learned to walk. And he says that lifeguard are, lifeguard trucks are far more dangerous than him and Kojak. Right? Kojak, he named his horse Kojak. Now, mm -hmm. Kojak starts pooping, you see. And yes. Mitch, Mitch says, Mitch had said this much earlier about, um, you know. People walk on barefoot on the beach. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. So Mitch says that Telly Savalas had never did that, but I couldn't be sure. I had to know. <laughs> Has Telly Savalas done that? Michael. No, first off, done? first off, <laughs> what exactly is that? Well, I must assume that it's at least pooping. So yes. I research Telly Savalas pooping. Now, <laughs> I didn't find any actual evidence of his pooping. But I did find that's good. I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. Morgan, Morgan. <laughs> but I did uh -oh. find 
they played a character called Poopy Lamoco. And I thought, <laughs> okay, well then maybe he had some sort of condition that would have caused pooping. So then I researched sure. Telly Savalas gastrointestinal disorder. Now, uh, he didn't have that specifically, but he did lose his life to bladder cancer. And maybe that causes some pooping. Oh. So then I researched bladder cancer bowels. And I discovered that you can have incontinence during and after surgery for bladder cancer. And I did sure. find that Kelly Savalas had surgery for his cancer. So, along with other information, such as how even just a bladder infection can cause problems for your bowels, I do sure. have to assume that at some point, based on the information we have, Telly Savalas has indeed at one point done that, and Mitch is wrong. But, but like, on the beach? <laughs> all I said that was pooping. He said mean, Telly Savalas never did that, and he was just pointing at the horse pooping. I, I mean, Telly Savalas is the horse pooping on the beach. I don't want to undercut your clearly extensive research. No, if, if, if Oh Jack the horse had done this in the street, he would have also have said Telly Savalas has never done that. Maybe yes. <laughs> He would have done that in the grass. He would have said that over a toilet, you know, because Mitch is wrong and he doesn't know all the Telly Savalas facts like I do. He hasn't looked up Telly Savalas pooping like I have. You know okay? what? Michael, I look, I'm just going to give this to you. That's... I, looked, I did like 45 minutes of research here. That's okay? deeply troubling. Wow. I had to go far and wide. I, you know, it's not like, you know, last episode when I uh, or actually spoilers for a future episode morgan just bleep yes. this part so that it's funnier sure. this is this is the the tenant of baywatch episode. <laughs> yeah, no, th- yeah no just bleep this part it'll be way funnier when they find out about it in like four episodes for now yes like when i had to go on pornhub uh hey uh, put a chopper in your hopper honey <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> now uh yep. CJ is now shoveling Kojak said poop that Telly Savalas has also pooped. Um, Mm -hmm. But why? Shouldn't that be Garner's job since it's his work? Yeah, I also... I had questions questions. about that. (laughs) Yeah. Why why, why is she doing it? She's just staring and going, ugh, fine. Mm -hmm. No, not fine. You're a lifeguard. You don't need to do this. It's not in your job description to shovel horse shit. (laughs) Yeah. Out of sand, by the way. Which yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Telly Savalas doesn't know what sand is. <laughs> Actually, wait. Did I look up Telly Savalas Beach? Let me do that. <laughs> wait. Telly. 25 minutes and you didn't look up Telly Savalas Beach, Michael? I didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, I did just find a picture of Telly Savalas at the beach. Um, and him with <laughs> headphones at the beach. Ooh. Mm. Okay, wait. Here you gotta you gotta see these two pictures. Hold on. Okay. Uh, these are great. Here's the first one. This is great. Looking looking like he's living his best life. Maybe yeah. like he's about yeah. to fly yeah. up in a hot air balloon. Who knows? Yeah. And uh this one as well. Happy dude. Also very good. Very and the the last one here, which is very, very like Florida like old person community kind of thing is mm-hmm. uh, this. Yeah, that's a look. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. There's some other ones of him physically 
in the same, you know, uh, picture as sand, but I don't want to spoil you with those. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I don't want no, to prove my own not. point. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, couldn't, couldn't have us getting soft on you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. After this, uh, we have a scene where we see two people who are fighting in the surf, and the woman seems to be done with the argument and swims out to the sea. This is okay. And this CJ, is the dumbest scene mm-hmm. ever, right? Yes, it's, it's very dumb. Okay. <laughs> good. I don't know if ever, um, because we've had some pretty dumb scenes on this no, show. But this, but th- this is done to prove a one sentence point. <laughs> yes, yes, it's that dumb. It's it's very dumb. But CJ sees all of this going on and correctly surmises that the woman is probably not in a great mental state and needs some help. So she uh, goes out to rescue this woman. And while she's doing that, Mitch sees this as well and heads out. But CJ has already rescued her by this point. So then Mitch says, congratulations on your alertness and spotting this before it becomes a problem. But why can't you spot that Simon is a problem? <laughs> and it is very dumb. Yeah. Like. And the fact is, like, it's particularly dumb because I feel like in previous. My voice just squeaked like an adolescent boy. Because um, <laughs> I feel like in previous episodes that I have seen with CJ, there have been times or twice where I've been like, wow, girl, like the red flags are are there. But that actually isn't the case here. She doesn't want to be with Simon. She has told him no multiple times, and he is being a creepy fucking stalker man, and Mitch's response to this is, CJ, why aren't you doing better? Murder him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you, Mitch. Why don't you go be useful and make Simon go away? (laughs) yeah i feel like mitch has just become a shittier person as the show goes on and it's disappointing yeah but then uh we see that uh simon has hired a plane to carry a skywriting banner asking cj to fly with him forever um, and this she is, is not this happy. This is the about only. It. This is literally the only request he has. He never has yes. any other method of asking her to go away with him. It's just fly the skies with me forever. Fly, like so, this is his one fucking line. So yeah, I did do some research on this. <laughs> uh, on, did you find that Telly Savalas has pooped in a hot air balloon? <laughs> no, because uh, there's no hot air balloon in this scene, so that would be incorrect. That would be factually sure. irrelevant. I looked into Sky Ads um, mm. uh, and about getting one. Um, not that I sure. was going to get one, uh, because really they only fly in L.A. and New Jersey. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> services left other than New Jersey and California for Great. some reason. Great. Um, sure. But I want to look into how much it would have cost in 1993 for him to book this. Of course. So different yeah. services seem to charge different amounts at, and like at different like, rates. So some charge mm-hmm. per day and some charge per hour, which is mm. very weird because it's like, imagine flying that thing for a whole day, right? Yeah. It's very different. So I saw some rates at 
the wide range of 375 to 650 an hour. Some mm-hmm. say $2,000 a day. And then one said for a minimum of two hours a day, you pay 7K, <laughs> which yeah, wild. Um, but basically at the cheapest, this would have been about $188.50 an hour in 93. Um, so he, he's dishing out some money. Just to to put this ad out that maybe she's not even working that day uh, (laughs) to try and get. Well, then he knows she's working. He called her at her tower. Unless this is a different day. I thought it was the same day. Well, now he knows that, but he already booked the thing. Oh, that's true. That's true. He probably didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. He that ahead of time. Yeah, most likely. Hey, get up on the plane. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So he, he, I guess, monitors her schedules, knows when she works. And then booked the flight to happen that day. Man, that is even creepier than I had originally realized. He's so creepy. He is not an okay yeah. human. No. And <laughs> no. like again, the show does not seem to recognize this at all. Like it's just like kind it, of yeah. like, oh, look at this zany, zany thing, yeah. and CJ's not into yeah. it. But whatever. Well, no, this it, is it this is one time. Where you should not do what Simon says. Oh God! This okay. So this episode does acknowledge it from CJ's point that like this guy is creepy. I'm not into this, but literally no one else is yeah. like there for her for that. It's just like that's her problem. She should just be more aggressive about it. And it like, just feels like everyone is, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. But my impression is that people are like, well, this is what happens when you look like Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, of course this happens. But like, she's fine. She always like has like creep guys hanging around or whatever. But like, that's just how life goes, which is fine until they kill you. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's necessarily trying to go for that, but it is trying to go for like, oh look, she she's strong and beautiful. She can take care of herself, kind of thing. <laughs> until he murders her or drops her right, off his hot air balloon. Also, based on the way every other character talks about the guys CJ quote-unquote chooses to date, it makes it seem like they are trying to be like, CJ's just too dumb and doesn't see that these men are terrible. I do feel like I've seen that in a few where people are just like, oh, CJ is beautiful and too dumb to realize that these men are awful. Um, Which just feels like gross commentary that, um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They usually kind of attribute it to the fact that she's like, too well besides the fact that she's like too dumb it's also that she's uh too hippie so they're like oh she's yes. she's like too like she doesn't have the emotional intelligence to realize that all these guys suck and she's too much of a hippie so she just always finds these worst the worst people because all hippies are horrible <laughs> that's what kind of what they imply well <laughs> what morgan i, Grady, I don't <laughs> fully disagree <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Morgan? <laughs> I said I don't fully disagree with you. Yeah. But also, is she hippie? Yeah. Oh, very much. Okay. So. Yeah. We've seen a couple episodes where she like only eats like weird smoothies and does a lot of like Buddhist chanting. Okay. Okay. Turns. I haven't seen it. Has like peace symbols. Yeah. 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 Okay. She's super. She's what now we would also call boho. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 
Um, she definitely... She won't, she won't eat salt, we learned at one point. Yeah. Well, that's just health conscious. Which, yeah, it just seems like such a sad She's life. Such a sad way to live. she, like, swallows salt in the water sometimes by accident? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, you in, think? in 2022, if, if mm-hmm. CJ was a real person... Um, you would have found her two weeks ago at Coachella <laughs> with a different, outfit, different outfit each day. And mm-hmm. it'd be her and Vanessa Hudgens just both appropriating some new culture. Absolutely. Oh, she would definitely have white women. Dress. 100%, yeah. 100%. But she still does not deserve to be killed by the balloon man. <laughs> yes. No, the balloon man would be like headlining Coachella. <laughs> It'd be like, wow, I love balloon man and the hot airs or something. You know? <laughs> like, wow, this progressive folk band. God. It's like, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's made up of former members of Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Or- oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know specifically that they are sampling the like different noises that a hot air balloon can make as their oh, percussion. Did you, did you, okay, this is random. Have you seen the, uh, the, uh, the tariff episode of Nathan for you? No, I don't think I have. So there's an episode where he's like, okay, so I'm I, helping out this company who who uh, ships internationally and there's tariffs on items. Mm-hmm. And he finds out that um, one of the things that cost a lot of money are um, smoke detectors. Uh, they just, they're tariffed a lot. And so huh. he's like, well, how do I come up with an idea to like lower the cost of shipping smoke detectors. So he comes up with the mm-hmm. idea to, if they're taxed as something different than smoke detectors, if their tax is just a different category of thing, the tariffs would be lower. So he says, I'm going to make smoke detectors a musical instrument. So <laughs> he puts a casting call out for a band and he finds this like the hippiest dude he can. Um, and he casts all these people and he gets this like amazing guitarist and he goes, hey, you're off the guitar. You're on the smoke detector. <laughs> so they have this song and it's like this like indie rock song. And then you just hear bruh, bruh, like in the background. <laughs> and then they break up and then he's like, oh, well, that was a bad idea. But then three months later, uh, he uh, has this idea where he's like, oh, what if I have um, a fake commercial where uh, BP, I think it is, um, samples their song and so that they get mad and create a scene about it? So he pretends huh. to be BP and hire a new head of marketing who wow. like takes the blame for it. So the band then, as a protest, gives out free gasoline in L.A. while playing the song (laughs) over and over, and they make the news. And so then the guy that he had to hire to do head of marketing has to then apologize for the BP oil spill, Uh, but, like, doesn't realize that he doesn't work for BP. (laughs) It's really dumb. But that's the whole thing. It's just, like, it's making me think of, like, okay, hot air balloons noises. Great. We'll put that right. in for our indie rock band. Uh, it's just like getting a smoke detector into your indie rock band. Yeah. 
I'll have to send this episode over to you. It's the greatest (laughs) show ever made. (laughs) Um, Unlike Baywatch, which unfortunately we we do have to talk about. Whoa! I've defended Baywatch like six times in the last week. You would not even know. It's (laughs) wild how many times I've, I've defended Baywatch and someone said, yeah, you know what? Good for you. And I was like, whoa, okay, thanks. I mean, however many yeah. times it has been, it is wild. Whether it was one time or 20, <laughs> a wild number of times to defend Baywatch. <laughs> now, look, I know we're talking about Baywatch right now, but don't make me defend it again right here. <laughs> On Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast for two men. We're two men. <laughs> um... But yes, after this, uh, we get to see a scene where uh, we we reestablish that Summer and Matt are dating now, and Summer has not told Slate about that yet. And Matt is like, hey, that's kind of weird. You should tell him, because it's weird that you haven't, and that he still thinks you two are dating. Um, which, in Matt's defense, is weird. And, How old and- is Summer? I realized I didn't know. Like, is she in high school, or is she an adult? High school. She's in high school. Okay, yeah. well, then, whatever. It's not weird at all. Um, especially considering <laughs> especially considering that he apparently hasn't been talking to her. Like, she hasn't heard from him. It's not like she's had a good way to contact him. So, like, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem that weird to That's me. <laughs> well, it is weird that she says, well, it's so easy. Maybe, Matt, you should tell Slade. It's like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> she's very stressed. She's about to eat so much candy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, um, we uh, we spoilers. Know a quick scene. <laughs> yeah, God, I I am. Why were there so many uncovered desserts in the fridge? There were a lot. Who puts an uncovered plate of cookies in the fridge? Why were they in um, the fridge? I also wondered. Yeah, that. you don't need to put them in the fridge either. Yeah, just leave them on the counter. Um, it's fine. <laughs> oh, so the right. ants won't get to them. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Um, but before we can get to that, how you get ants? Sorry, we uh, we have to have a brief scene where uh, some guy who earlier in the episode said he was throwing a party is talking to Slade about how Matt is dating Summer now, um, and Slade is upset about that. Um, Again, not to defend the children, but like it is upsetting. For him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, because he didn't know, because he talked to her and she didn't tell him. And I actually thought Slade handled this a lot better than I expected him to when they finally do have a conversation. I will agree with that. For <laughs> sure. The bar is low, but still. I think it's more that, like, yes, Kelly Slater has improved as an actor, but I'm going to be honest in this particular scene, I, I didn't feel like he was giving it a whole lot. He wasn't giving it his all. <laughs> Maybe I just, I mean, I, I guess I just feel like a lot of teenage boys are sort of, sort of sullen and not that expressive, especially yeah, that's that, fair. which is just a thing. It's, so. I don't know. It's unclear how old Slade ever is. I know. I'm just hoping um, he's close he's to her. He's supposed to be in high school. It, yeah. He seemed in high school. Like, that was the he impression. Does. He kind of looks 30, though. Okay, like, every fucking man in this show looks 30 or 50 or whatever. Like, everyone yeah, in the 90s true. just looked old. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about Kelly Savalas? <laughs> yep. Kelly Savalas looks simultaneously 50 to 55 all the time. <laughs> 
I just feel like all of these shows, everyone looks old. And it's partly just because some of the, I think some of the fashions and stuff are sort of associated with them. Sure, sure. So, but whatever it is, they all look That's old. Summer doesn't look like she's in high school either. Yeah. Because she was, I mean, actually like in her early 20s. <laughs> yes. And Pam Anderson was in her mid twenties. <laughs> that's also just a general issue with teenagers and television. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, Slade uh, shows up to confront Summer about all of this, and Summer's like, "But I was jealous of how women were flirting with you." Whoa! Before yes. even that, are you not going to address mm-hmm. the fucking terrifying part of this scene? I don't know what you're talking about. Because Summer, we we start the scene, and it's. They're very purposeful about this. They mm-hmm. they show her going to the tower. She dips her feet in in a in a bucket of water, makes her way backwards up the tower, which is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to walk backwards up so you don't take your t- eyes off the beach. Right. And Slay comes up and grabs her ankle. Oh yeah. Which like that was weird. It's so terrifying. He grabs her ankle out of nowhere and uh he goes, uh uh yeah oh sorry it's one of those things that seems <laughs> like, like the dumb shit a high school boy would do as a prank but in this case he's obviously not in the mood to prank so it ends up feeling right. really like aggressive and like he's pretending <laughs> it's not yeah <laughs> they have the line where she goes Slade you scared me and he goes yeah, yeah, yeah well what I just heard scares me yes. <laughs> oh come <laughs> off of it dumb child <laughs> he finally gets her to talk about he does end up coming around to like you're right i should have called more i should have yeah like tried to do like i didn't contact you for two months (laughs) (laughs) in retrospect maybe that was a bad plan and maybe i shouldn't have assumed you were waiting for me and you know what that's that's better than a lot of uh, fully grown men that i've met so yes Uh, that is yeah yeah. very definitely (laughs) true yep and yeah, I mean, basically, it comes down to, like, she was like, hey, I was jealous of how much attention you were getting, and also you weren't talking to me for months. <laughs> so I'm dating someone else now. And Slade's like, but I didn't sleep with anyone else. But yeah, you're right, that was kind of weird of me. Yeah. And now they're broken <laughs> up. And, they're and it does especially suck, because when I'm taking from the episode, is it him and Matt are friends? Yes. Yes. So, like, that's particularly challenging, but apparently that means he didn't talk to Matt either for two months, so. Yes. <laughs> waiting for which she just supposed to like be like someday he's gonna call her show up again (laughs) (laughs) what we're learning is that summer is the disney princess i mean a lot of disney princesses probably do have eating disorders that's that's true well yeah that's (laughs) a good point (laughs) um but now uh, now we get a little montage of Summer envisioning what her life would have been like had she dated Slade or Matt. Um, and that's very stressful. And so she has to begin binge eating, well, um, which starts of, with a single bar of chocolate. That's not the way I would have described this scene. OK, I so to be clear, I watched this scene in very low quality because I was watching the original version and I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on so i had to go watch the remastered version to even figure out who the characters in this montage were so i would describe this scene as summer gets really turned on 
by a wet dream. And it makes her so anxious she starts binge eating, which is a problem because she eats chocolate, which is an aphrodisiac. Mm. Okay. So, like, <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah, it's just her being horny. Yeah, but, but not not really. What? <laughs> I say, I had no context for this, and I was confused at first that it was like just a bar of chocolate because that seemed dumb. Um, but then she went and ate other things. Uh, I like. I actually like. It's valid that high stress situations bring out eating disorder behavior for people who oh, are totally. in that. Sure. And it would be very stressful for this teenager to suddenly be in the situation really unexpectedly. Um, so I actually, I will buy that as like a, a valid reason for her to return to some That's of her fair. binge purge uh, behaviors. Sure. And um, I, I actually didn't hate it, um, at least in this episode. I was like, all right, like, yeah, that sucks. Um, you would hate it if you saw the next episode. Probably so. Yes. I'm just going to choose to accept the, the bit I saw here. <laughs> Sure. Spoiler spoiler for next episode. She finally agrees to go to therapy for her eating disorder because she almost gets eaten by an octopus and it makes her reconsider the role that food has in her life. Yeah. I forgot about the octopus. <laughs> How did I yes. forget about it? I thought you were going to mention CJ shouting at her going, you have an eating disorder. No, I don't. You oh, do. yeah. That too. Okay, fine. I do. Octopus. <laughs> That's... Mm. It's yes. so buck wild. It's octopus out of ten. <laughs> do, do you want to see a picture of the octopus? Sure. Okay, I have a picture. Hold on one second. I mean, I did watch my octopus teacher, and that definitely taught me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yes. there's one more. There's one more here. I got actually. Here, here's here's an octopus. <laughs> yeah. I, also, here's here's the here's the tentacle. <laughs> it comes out of fucking. Sorry, spoilers to anybody because this is you haven't heard our next episode yet. We're recording yes. this out of order, but the next episode has a fucking octopus in it. Be ready for that. We lose our yeah. minds with our guest who's in that episode. Um, yes, you know it's wild. Okay, that that first picture is extremely hilarious. Um, I, I mean, it's but so good. Based on my octopus teacher, apparently octopuses can teach us to to in, enjoy life in a new way or or something. I, I, sure. I, no, I, I don't. I don't actually think that seems like a very valid way <laughs> to get into. <laughs> is it like? Is that like uh, Octo Dad? But it's. Uh, a teacher instead of a dad. So similar. So similar. Oh, that would be fun. Just flailing around a classroom. I mean, throwing I, crayons everywhere. I think that is a scene in Octodad. <laughs> oh, probably a level. Anyway, I've I've only played the first level. It's I can't get past the first level because I get I can't either. Angry. It's very hard. Um. Anyways, so we cut from this montage to Summer H at HQ, and she's staring at the fridge, and she gets some food. Mm-hmm. Mostly cookies and sweets. Uh, so, so specifically, she opens the fridge, and there are six different plates of uncovered desserts yeah, in various so states I was like, of being. Are you having a buffet at work? Like, why would there be so many snacks here? Yeah. Also, my like- only my only defense of this is that this looks exactly like the fridge at my synagogue when I was a kid, uh, <laughs> and that they always had random bits of like dessert in the refrigerator but i think that's huh. because like old jewish moms love sweets 
Yeah. Well, and I was also confused because she did all this and then it showed, it didn't show her run to the bathroom, did it? But then later they oh, specified yeah. that she was running to the bathroom. I was just confused because I was watching it. I was like, okay, like the next. They don't ever show her purging, like, purging which though, is weird because like that is, I feel like what is more frequently shown in television right. and movies is the purging, not the binging. Um, but like. Like, and she ran off, and I was like, she just go back to work? That's not the next step. Like, the next, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the weird thing about Sparkle. Based on this and maybe the next episode, um, if you weren't specifically told that it's bulimia, you would just think her problem is that when she's extremely anxious or stressed, she just binges, and that's that's it. Which, you wouldn't have yeah, to, to be clear... Is a type of eating disorder. That is right. We're not saying it's not. We're not saying it's not. It's just that it you wouldn't ever expect that there's a purging part. No, not at first. But she does ask CJ if she can go to the bathroom, which is what starts their whole conversation. And so I guess for me, as someone who grew up with a lot of people who had eating disorders, I was like, ah, got it. She's going to purge. But um, Mm. but I guess it wasn't clarified. (laughs) It wasn't clarified until they say bulimia. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's kind of dumb, but not as dumb as it could be in this episode, but apparently is way dumber yes. than it could be in the next episode. <laughs> it's so much dumber. Look, I am used to, my experience with eating disorder episodes when I was growing up was shit like Full House, where DJ like becomes anorexic for a total of like 42 hours until she passes out on a, <laughs> on a fucking treadmill and her dad's like, but DJ, we love you and you're beautiful. And then she's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what you're saying is Full House should have had more octopus. That, that is probably the answer. They, yes. You see, that's why I defend the show because it has octopus. <laughs> yeah. That's why you I know changed what they my say. Twitter profile name to Michael Marks Out for Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say? Full octopus, full house. Also, that's a really big octopus. Like that's yes. really big. You'll have to listen yes. to the episode to hear the exact size. That's so unlikely. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> well, I'll tell you one person who doesn't support us. And it's Morgan's partner. Uh- <laughs> um, but yeah, the octopus is wild, and that's a, it's a good preview for next uh, next episode. We do spend a lot of time talking about that. I mean, that seems fair. This is like a giant underwater. This is like a Legends League of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea giant squid. Like, this is. Absolutely. Let's move on from the octopus, though, because that's next episode (laughs) discussion. That's fair. That's fair. Skyrider discussion. (laughs) But yes, uh, next we get a scene with Slade and Matt where Slade is understandably kind of upset that Matt is dating Summer now. Um,. But does say the line, you dropped it on something way bigger than a wave. Yeah. Oh, I already oh. had this written out. Morgan, please act this line out. <laughs> that line. <laughs> it, it specifically, you dropped it on something that meant a hell lot of more to me than a wave. Which is yes. Like, what <laughs> the? F- I mean, I know who wrote this because we literally told you. It was <laughs> yes. We, we've talked but about which, that, yes. But which one of them wrote this? Like wrote that and then just sat back Do and I, was like, yes. Do I have to go yeah. on LinkedIn and message Sherry Ziff and be like, yo, <laughs> hey, can you take this back? I kind of assume that Sherry, along with the rest of them, was presumably on far too much cocaine to know mm-hmm. what lines she may have written. Well, yes, 
that's entirely possible. <laughs> but this um, scene makes it very, very clear that David Charvet is a much better actor than Kelly Slater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. They they then start fighting in the surf, and then and then they make up, and it's fine. Um. And that's kind of it. And uh, oh no, it's later where they start detailing their weird competition. Um, yeah, because I initially was like, okay, this is no, it's how, right now. Is it, I think it's right now. It's after the fight. Yeah, it's right now. Right, but first, um, there's the shot of Simon hot air ballooning again and wants CJ to come with him, and then we see him start to hang out of the balloon on a bungee cord, which is how the two of them get their idea. No, that's, well, yeah, that's but that's first they have the conversation oh. about. Oh, because right, right. Until this point, I was like, all right. I'm I I can I can live with this. This is this is you know yes the boys are mad at each other that makes sense they have kind of a stupid fight and then feel bad about it sure totally that that makes yeah. sense it wasn't even really a fight I actually kind of like that I feel like most of the time people don't mm-hmm. know how to fight like it just <laughs> like a dog rolling around um, I don't either for the record please don't try to fight me but like, <laughs> but like I was like yeah yeah okay and then they sit down and they start talking and Matt is and Matt and Slater talking about like who should get summer and I was like god this is a weird fucking conversation for them to have and then, yes. and then uh, Slate's like well I think summer should choose and I was like good job Slate that makes sense and Matt is like no summer can't handle that right now and I was like what and, and, and then it just progressively got weirder yeah and then they that's when they describe the rules for their hot air balloon bungee jumping competition for who will get to date summer I just record like well i can't accept accept that again teenagers are dumb and don't necessarily have a strong background a lot of stuff and i can even accept that they might be like look she's she seems to be really having a lot of trouble that i don't actually even understand but she seems Mm -hmm. to not be doing okay so i don't want to put this on her but um the thing about eating disorders (laughs) it's like many (laughs) things in this friday they they really do are there a lot about feeling out of control in your Mm -hmm. life so, and like taking like a physical control of something in your life. Um, so probably the thing that is not going to help is having the two boys decide her life for her. That is a very good point. I'm not sure they have she wishes they would do that, but I don't actually think she wishes they would do that. No, that's probably a bad idea anytime. In any situation. Yes. It, it, I cannot think of a situation where it makes more sense for two men to decide who a woman should be with than for her. Yes. Right. <laughs> Okay, but counterpoint, what if the way they're going to decide that is by who can bungee jump out of a hot air balloon and get closest to the water without touching it? Oh, that makes that sense. her ultimate decision of fuck you, I don't want to be with either of you is Whoa, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> I, um, I choose to believe that's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they detail the rules for their hot air balloon bungee jumping competition. Uh, and Which, then wait, before he before he gets over there, so he calls mm-hmm. CJ again mm-hmm. and is like, I yes. can't live without you and pretends that he's killing himself. And then it is, is just that a, what was going yes, on. He's, he's threatening her kind of. And then he's like, I can't live without you. I can't deal without you. He jumps out of the hot air balloon. She screams, understandably. And then it's like, LOL, this is a joke. This man is a fucking psychopath. 
Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> Holy shit. It's very wow. upsetting. Yeah. Man. <laughs> this episode is weird. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, so he jumps out and he's like swinging over the water and the boy, the, you know, 17 year olds are like, whoa, cool. Let's do that. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they they do. They do. They they decide they're going to go up into uh, Simon's hot air balloon. Uh, and while this is going on, uh, CJ confronts Summer about her bulimia. Do you want to act out? Summer won't whole, admit to it. This whole scene or not? What? Do you, I have the lines if you want to act out this scene. Uh, sure. It's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a long one. All right. Uh, who Who's playing who? Oh, you, you two go for it. All right. Do you want Summer or you want CJ? Uh, I'll do Summer. Okay. CJ, can you watch my water? I've got her under the bathroom. Summer... Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't think so. No, really, I... Summer, I've been watching you lately. The way you've been eating and then running to the bathroom. Well, I just had this really nervous stomach, a thing that teenagers famously say. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> and was not written by a 50-year-old man. Definitely. Not even a little. Um, did I ever tell you that in high school I had an eating disorder? Bulimia. No. Well, it's not something I enjoy talking about. And also, apparently, we've never spoken. Yeah. (laughs) This is, like, the fourth time they've ever spoken on this show. Um, Despite having been on the show for over a season. (laughs) It sure is. Um, Well, it's not something I enjoy talking about, but talking about it is what made me get better. It wasn't easy, but I had to come to a point where I could admit it to myself before I could admit it to anyone else. CJ, I don't have bulimia. That's what I kept saying. So then Matt and um, Slade meet up with Simon. They just, like, take a right. boat out there and are like, hey, dude, can we jump out of your hot air balloon? And he's like, yeah. 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 And then he's like, I don't ever interact with people, so I'm just excited to talk to them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Would you like to fly the sky at some point? <laughs> yep. And then we get more Summer and CJ. Mm-hmm. It's just that sometimes I feel so empty inside that I have to eat. And then I eat so much food and I'm so stuffed that I can't even stand it. Well, it's not about the food you eat. I know. It's this thing with Matt and Slade. It's more than that. You know, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> so right, a completely typical teenager thing. Ignore yeah. what CJ says. You know, it's uh-huh. like one minute I want them both and then the next minute I don't want to be with either one of them. Solid choice. My mom tells mm-hmm. me that I should choose one, which is impossible. I mean, Matt is so wonderful. But Jimmy, he was my first love. Summer, you have to stop putting so much pressure on yourself. I know. Sometimes I wish that they would just decide it among themselves and then just let me know. Which then we cut to them doing exactly that. Yes, in the dumbest way possible. Pretty close. It's, it's pretty there fucking any stupid. not dumb way to do that? But no, there's no not dumb way. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a conversation might be less dumb than who can bungee jump closest to the water out of a hot air balloon. What are you, Considering that they both survived, I'm going to say I'm glad they chose this route because I hold that this is the reason that Summer ends up being like, fuck this. That's a good point. (laughs) Um, But yes, they uh, they go up in Simon's hot air balloon and uh, Slade bungee jumps first. But lands in the water and knocks himself out. Um, there it is. Yeah. So He's then we get a long. Scene. 
break his neck. Yes. <laughs> like, Good oh, question. To knock himself out. Yes. It doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, but yeah, then then we get a long rescue sequence, um, and Matt just like free jumps out of the balloon into the water and is fine. Well, no, he no, has the lower. No, he d- yeah, he has him shortened right. the cord, and, and then, then he's he basically right, the right over the water, and then he he lets the thing yeah, out. Yeah, he, he cuts uh, the cord or whatever. But then, like, but then they they like pull up Matt or whatever, and they they give him CPR on the water. Yes, which I was like, I don't think this is a thing, and I looked it up, and it, it's, no. it, it's not. It's it's not a thing. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't know how you would keep them steady. Exactly, like you can't do yeah. chest compressions. You can kind of do breaths, but like, and also what chest compressions. Were... You're pushing them under the water more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And One, two, three, drown. One, two, three, drown. <laughs> but it's fine because he's fine he just wakes yep. up yeah no there's no no permanent implications from this having happened no obviously not um but then uh we get to the scene that confused me the most when i was watching this episode um which is mitch and garner are just hanging out talking about kojak and also <laughs> some other guy named bill, bill pickett which i want to talk about Oh sure. So okay. Bill Pickett is real. Uh very oh. very real. I recognize the name. Uh he was nicknamed the Dusky Demon. He was a rodeo hmm. performer, an actor, and a Wild West show performer. And for people who are international don't know what the Wild West show was, it was a vaudeville trambling performance in the US, which was really oh. unkind to Native American people. But basically Shocking. they would travel around America. And they would do uh, these cowboy plays. And frequently you would find uh, Native Americans who were part of the Battle of Little Bighorn um, be in this. So you had like Sitting Bull and uh, I think also, no, Crazy Horse I think had died already. So Sitting Bull was in some of these Wild West shows and basically Mm. would pay them to travel around and do shows where the cowboys would shoot Native Americans and round them up and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. uh, fun fact, uh, which they do talk about here, Bill Pickett invented the bulldogging technique. So in rodeo, it's uh, that would be if you come behind the steer and you grab the cattle by the horns and then you just fall forward, you basically push their head down and that's Mm. wrestling them to the ground. Um, But that's not done anymore because... Uh, they have they, they have their a new method, uh, and that's hmm. a little bit safer. Bill was also known for, and they also reference this here because they also had Wikipedia in '93. Um, <laughs> Bill would legitimately bite the steer on the lips and then fall backwards while holding the horn. Uh, wow, which is dumb. Um, but yes. Uh, evidence, well, and I, some people, the reason I recognize his name, and some people might, is because. Bill Pickett was a character played by Edie Gathegi in uh, The Harder They Fall from last year. Um, mm. Roughly based roughly based off of the actual character. That's why I recognized his name. In, in, in that, does Bill Pickett die? Uh, um, a lot of them die. I can't remember. Because uh, Bill Pickett <laughs> met his anti coma induced by being kicked in the head by a Bronco. Yeah, now, I don't think so. I think this is a little bit before the that. The other very <laughs> funny thing, not not that any of that before was funny, 
This one did. The USPS made commemorative stamps of rodeo stars um, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so in 93, the year this came out, they made a commemorative stamp of Bill Pickett, which is probably how they how they knew about this. Um, mm. But his family informed USPS that year that was actually not Bill Pickett on the stamp. The photograph <laughs> used to source the image was of his brother, Ben Pickett. Um, oh holy shit. So then they had to release new stamps. Uh, uh, and so I think I have here the pictures that they ended up using of Bill Pickett for the stamp, which is this Interesting. Um, Bill Pickett, the bulldogger. Uh, This is the picture that's on the stamp. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is actually him. That's actually Bill Pickett. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, Bill Pickett was a very, very famous black cowboy, which... And in rodeo, not a lot of them. No, not a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, there were actually a lot of black cowboys, but not a lot of famous Def- ones because that's not yeah. how we. Yeah. Well, especially that's not how we wrote our history. Not a lot in the Wild West show, uh, which right. was the way that people in America were learning most about cowboys. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it was already a racist show. Uh, it was just like one step up above the last racist thing that America did uh, right before that, which. Too many racist things to figure out which one that was. Um, but uh, there weren't many black people in those shows. A lot of Native Americans, a lot of dead ones, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Turner um, wants to be like Bill Pickett. That that does explain a lot about this scene. Because when I first watched it, they talked about this character for a while who I had never heard of. Um, and then Mitch asked Garner why he named his horse Kojak. And... Um, Garner fed his horse a lollipop and said, need I say more? Yes. And I, my response was, yes, please. I would like to know literally anything about what you have just done. Do you need an answer for that? Please. I have no idea. So Kojak, the character played by Telly Savalas, was a detective who is known for Mm -hmm. being this, like, amazing detective who had this habit, this, like, tick, where, you know, some people smoke cigarettes he was always found eating a lollipop. Ah, okay. <laughs> so that makes so much more he sense. He gives the lollipop to him and he eats and he's like, it's Kojak. But like, probably, okay. probably, probably don't give a lollipop to a horse. I would guess. Yes. I have not a great idea about how I used to feed cows carrots, right? But Not I think, that I remember. But, but I grew can, up. Can I, I eat a carrot? I grew up next to a farm slaughterhouse, um, and uh, it was like I had there was a cul-de-sac right in Bothell, mm-hmm. and right next to the uh, the cul-de-sac was this farm, and there were cows there, and there was this cow that was named A One, like the steak sauce, and <laughs> um, I would go and feed it carrots, and then one day it disappeared, and I asked my mom mm-hmm. where it went. And they said, my mom said, I don't know. And that's when I found out what a slaughterhouse was. Oh, no. (laughs) Property. Oh, my God. Wow. Did you know that Morgan has never touched a cow or a horse? This is true. Has never petted a cow or a horse. I mean, that's, like, reasonable. Most people have not. That seems really weird to me. Most people have not (laughs) pet a horse. I've never had, like, a pony ride and a fair. Or like you are overestimating how many people go to fairs. 
Uh, probably. I, 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 we're gonna, we're, gonna, fairs, we're gonna fix it this summer, and a <laughs> 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 horse nose is one of the best feeling things. It's so velvet and nice. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, but just remember, Morgan, Bill Pickett did die by getting hit in the head by a, by a, by a horse. It's true. I uh, guess actually, I that was a Cancel my start. plans to start biting cows. <laughs> no, no, this is after he stopped biting cows. Ah. It's just the 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 just the Bronco just fucking hit him. Gotcha. So what you're saying is I need to start biting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then never stop. Mm-mm. Yes. <laughs> no one's gonna let us come back to the fair. What if I just take just just like a little nibble? No. Just like a tiny little chomp. They have so much poop on them <laughs> see morgan we all know you're not going to the fair to see the cows you're going to see mm-hmm. manuel the giant and mm, like that's a good point mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways we cut uh, from last episode. no don't explain it <laughs> you don't explain it now i have to explain that our purse snatchers are back on the beach Oh, this yeah. Is true. When, this happened, when this happened, I had already forgotten all about this, and I was like, why? Who cares? Yes. My <laughs> note is the cooler thief boys are back. <laughs> and so, anyways, Garner sees them, and he goes after them on a horse while Mitch is in his lifeguard vehicle. And mm-hmm. we see Garner chasing them in shots that are clearly not shot the same time as the shots where he is yep. also on the horse with them. And Garner mm-hmm. jumps off Kojak. In the spirit of Bill Pickett, grabbing them and taking them down, but it's really just a clothesline to the ground. And then he Mm -hmm. bites the shirt of one of the guys in the spirit of Bill Pickett biting a cow. And Mitch says, calm down, and says, one day he'll be mentioned the same breath as Bill Pickett, which Garner likes. And then he says, or maybe Hannibal Lecter, or Bruce, the shark from Jaws, or maybe even Cujo, (laughs) or Benji from Free Willy. And that's where I was like, okay, calm down, guys. Calm down. I So I've only seen the first Jaws movie, and I've only seen it once, and it was a while ago. Is the shark canonically named Bruce? Okay, let's check it. <laughs> yes, but I think not in the first one. Of I shark. think Is it only in the one where they become psychic and chase the family down to Jamaica? It, he is named Bruce. This he is Bruce. named Bruce. That's true. I I don't remember when that happens, though. I didn't think it was in the first one. Huh. Uh, no, I think it is. It's just that uh, it's the crew's name for it. It's like an insider thing because mm. Spielberg called it Bruce after his lawyer, Bruce. That's Bruce. right. That's right. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well... That's that's an interesting fun fact that I have learned today. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd like to point out that in the um, Jaws wiki, uh, of course, the Jaws wikia, um, Bruce the Jicky, if you will. Yes, exactly. Uh, Bruce has an occupation listed, um, oh. and his occupation is mad animal slash serial murderer. <laughs> well, I mean. Not wrong. Relatives are his son, Vengeance, which is deceased, <laughs> and his mate. Can you guess the name? The name of the mate of Jaws? No idea. Please try. I beg you. 
trying to remember the names of the Jaws movies, uh, but I think uh, it was just... Vic- Victoria. No, one more guess. <laughs> Chompley. It's Brucette. <laughs> also, Bruce 2, Scarface, and Fidel. But it's Brucette. Oh, that's very good. Uh, I, now, yeah, and Vengeance is their son. Now, I do need to share with you this picture of Vengeance. Um, sure. Because this is maybe the greatest picture I have ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. I have watched all of the Jazz movies, and I my personal favorite shark was the one in the third one, because it was supposed to be 3D, and the size of the shark varies from, like, the size of, like, a cruise ship. <laughs> it's amazing now i I do have um one more question for you do you know the name of the daughter of vengeance no not a clue can you take a guess also his grandson vengeance set no (laughs) brucita you're close it's it's bruschetta uh, now, what about Vengeance's grandson? Uh, Bruce? Sparkle, any guess? Uh, Brucey. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Yeah, and this is how our, our podcast gets taken down. Uh, now, every single person person every single sharkson in this family is dead um because <laughs> they can go fuck themselves i guess <laughs> they're all they have to die at the end of every movie that's yeah i guess so i guess so <laughs> now speaking of killing cj says yes. she doesn't even want to be simon's friend because he could have gone slayed or matt killed uh, mm-hmm. With all the antics, and Summer asks yes. Matt and Slade, "What were you thinking?" And they say, mm-hmm. "We were thinking about you. We didn't want you to have to make a choice." And she <laughs> he's says, like, "What the fuck?" He says, "I already made <laughs> yeah. a choice. I want you both as friends. That's all I." Yeah. Can. But yeah. before this happened, she had not made that choice. She was no. currently sitting there talking about whatever. So I hold that she was like, Jesus Christ, both of these boys are fucking idiots. <laughs> and I do not wish to be with either of them because someone's going to end up dead. Well, just wait till mm-hmm. next episode. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so after that, yeah, Mitch, we're just trying to finish off this episode here. Mitch mm-hmm. builds a rail for Kojak. CJ yeah. got a bunch of carrots for Kojak because it's better than Tootsie Roll Pops, which is true. Mm-hmm. And then Garner comes That's up. That's definitely the- true. <laughs> yeah. Garner comes up in ATV and Garner says, as Captain, Captain thinks Garner didn't demonstrate contemporary police decorum. Wow. Uh, and that's the end of our episode. Or, or as my note says, the police captain pointed out that using a horse is dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, not if you're. Canadian. That's fair, I guess. Are you saying Canadians, Canadians do have very different horse speech laws than we do? Wow. I mean, wow. Whoa. I mean, what is this? The cops are on horses. But I, I, I do, it doesn't seem ideal. I mean, it doesn't seem ideal anywhere. Fuck the police. But like, yeah. uh, it's, it's, 
like, but like seeing the horse, the horse cops on like Bourbon Street in Halloween in New Orleans made more sense to me theoretically than seeing them on the beach. Yeah, no, that I mean that makes a lot of sense <laughs> now. But yeah, that uh, that was Sky. Now, before we get into our ratings, I want to talk about IMDb mm-hmm. ratings. And we have something very special sure. here, Morgan. We have four ratings, Ooh. but two of them are by Sandcrab277. Wow. Okay, so both from the same day. But first, we're going to huh. do Sandcrab722, who says, of course. First Snatcher Run Down. This is done, I think, in the style of a poem. Um, CJ needs sure. a man who isn't a detestable dweeb. Summer got too many men, but they act like losers. Garner is da bomb, and Mitch don't get in the way too much. Summer could eat a horse, but she doesn't. Garner's watching, and the Twinkies are right there in the fridge. Okay, I wasn't, don't think Garner was watching her eat, but okay. Um, yeah, Sandcrab, he wasn't. Sandcrab277. Definitely wasn't. Uh, that was a 5 out of 10, by the way. Sandcrab277 <laughs> of course. says, more crapola. Summer's in love with Matt, but Jimmy returns after a four-month absence, and he puts it to her in more ways than one. Seriously, this show is is all about high school teens having wet dreams about sex, and then there is Pamela gyrating her hips and sticking her tongue down anyone's throat that loiters long enough and close enough. Glad I didn't waste my time at the beach, and it wasn't in California or Texas. And then his second review says, Here we are once again in cop mode. Uh... What the fuck is this? I really get a laugh out of these <laughs> fat guy runners that jump hurdles and have great evasion skills against a motorized vehicle. They should add a com- comedy segment and show all the bloopers from the evasions. Go back to lifeguarding on the beach. Both of those were two out of ten. Um, five out of ten people felt. Is he calling the police dude fat? No, he's. I think. I think he's calling the guy he or was the facing. thief. Neither of them. Are- <laughs> Them were fat. I mean, not yeah. that it matters, but it's just like factually untrue. Right. Well, <laughs> this went from five out of nine people found this helpful to five out of ten people found this helpful because uh, I did not find that helpful. <laughs> and then lastly, there's our review from Bombers But Fly Up, who again titles their review Baywatch um, as three out of ten. Yep. Ending in a whole lot of nothing, going nowhere as usual. Anderson and Eggert are stunning, though. Which, yeah, sure, they are. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. With that out of the way, uh, our rating scale, which is a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is going through puberty a second time because you got recast, and 10 is your parents are divorced, but it's okay because your dad is David Hasselhoff, and he's the coolest. Sparkle, how would you rate this episode, and what would you say that experience is like? Um, I guess I would rate it a 5, which is kind of like going up in a hot air balloon and thinking that it's going to be a lot of fun until you realize that you're up there with a psychopath and then you try to (laughs) jump out, but you go unconscious and almost die. Wow. (laughs) That, I don't know if, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I would rate that a five. But... (laughs) (laughs) The first part is fun. I was trying to... (laughs) And like, maybe the jumping part is fun until you hit your head. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. And you probably don't remember most of it if you go unconscious like that. (laughs) Uh, Michael, how about you? What's your rating for this Uh, one? I would give this a five. I liked parts of it. Um, The parts that I didn't like, but the parts that I found very fun. I actually enjoyed all the horse stuff. 
I think it was very interesting and just kind of like fun, not like good, but fun. Um, yeah. And I've seen them do worst when talking about eating disorders, a.k.a. season two. Yep. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Everything. The worst of this show is season two. Um, God. Uh, so it can't get worse than that. So therefore, it's a little bit better. And I would say a five is the experience of knowing that Elon Musk bought Twitter, but also thinking about how Elon Musk bought Twitter so he could hold it up outside of Grimes' window saying, take me back. Um, Speaking of both that and the fact that we were talking about Nathan Fielder earlier, I do want to share this tweet real quick. Um, Yes. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) accurate. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Um, honestly, I think there's like, it's not going far enough. There's got to be another step here. Like he bought it oh, just to definitely. like get something else to happen. You know, he bought it so that he could post like one single tweet that maybe says the word, like a word in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, I did it so I could buy something. I don't know. There's got to be an angle here. It's Nathan Fielder. It's yeah. never that simple. <laughs> um, but yeah, my um, my rating for this one, I I really like when they give Garner something to do that isn't just directly cop shit, because I actually think that he's a pretty good actor and I find him charming generally. So I like when I don't hate him. Um, and I think this was just a like fun, goofy thing for him to get to do for an episode. Um, and, you know, other than that, I, I didn't super love the episode. I thought it was kind of middle of the road. Um, but I'm actually gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be the dissenter here and give this a six. Wow. Um, I, I thought it was fairly decent for the most part. Um, and I will say that a six is, uh, the experience of, you know, you get, you get yourself a horse and you take it out on the beach and everything's going great, but then it poops everywhere and you're very embarrassed about it. Um, and then everyone just calls you the horse pooper from, from then on. Um, but you know, someone else shoveled it up. So at least you didn't have to deal with that. Wow. And that's a six. Wow. That seems like an odd six. Um, I don't know how is, is that then followed by spending 45 minutes Googling whether someone has ever pooped? Not someone. Telly, Telly Savalas. Listen, it can be if you want it to be. I always want it to be. That's what I do with my time. I do dumb research for this show. Mm-hmm. Now, um, let's yes. talk- why don't you tell us about next yeah, episode? Our next episode is Tentacles Part 1. And so you know, mm-hmm. I just saw uh, some trivia that says Nicole Eggert lists our next episode as her favorite episode because she said we were tackling real-life wow. issues like confronting my character's stress-induced bulimia while at the same time having fun like being attacked by a giant octopus. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm glad she liked filming it, you know? <laughs> yep. Um, so, our, our Baywatch wiki description is, a prison bake gone awry finds Mitch held hostage by a beautiful woman and forced to perform surgery on her escaped convict husband. Meanwhile... Matt and Slade decide to settle their mutual affection for Summer in a daring surfing contest and accidentally stumble upon a secret and dangerous underwater cavern. Uh, IMDb description is, While Hobie is away in Santa Barbara for a surfing meet, 
An escaped convict's wife named Deborah Harris takes Mitch hostage aboard their yacht for Mitch to perform emergency surgery on her husband for a gunshot wound he got during his escape from prison. Meanwhile, Matt and Slade are still competing for Summer's affections when the three of them find a dangerous underwater cavern that also houses a huge octopus. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) With an attitude. Summer's continuing secret (laughs) battle with bulimia begins to catch up with her, despite CJ's helping talk. Eventually, after Matt saves Slade from the cave octopus, Slade sees that Summer is better off and Matt knows better off with Matt, and he leaves town for a surfing meet in the Caribbean, this time for good. Yes, it will be our last Kelly Slater episode. Huzzah. (laughs) What a shame. Is it a shame? <laughs> it's <No>. not. <laughs> um Yeah, sounds like sounds like the episode we definitely haven't already recorded yet, Wink, is gonna be a fun one. Um But what I have left to say is, Sparkle, thank you so much for coming back on this podcast. (laughs) It has been a delight, (laughs) and we would love to have you back anytime. I mean, you have to say that. You love me. Uh, Well, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) You're actually obligated. (laughs) We wrote it down. No, Uh, no, this was really fun. Thank you for having me on. Um, I, I look forward to the to the season where I, to the forever away season where I can pick whatever episodes season I want. Nine. <laughs> yeah, um, but before we get to season nine, uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? No, you have to wait. Oh, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, so uh, my brother and I do a podcast called Sunday School Cinema, where we talk about how one time when we were like 15 years younger than we are now, we ran a Christian small group out of my house talking about movies we felt were morally interesting at the time. Um, and now we are going back through and watching all of those movies and seeing if we still like them. Do we still find them morally interesting? Why exactly were Nazis such a huge percentage of what we found morally interesting at that point in our lives? Yeah. Um, yeah et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Too. I, I, it's, it's a very valid question. Anyway, um, so, so we do that, but we, and then we talk about what we've been watching. It's, it's kind of just an excuse for my brother and I to talk about movies, and sometimes people listen, and that's cool. But um, So yeah, so you know that's up in the usual podcast places if you're like, gosh, I really want to listen to more of their voice. So Yeah, and we will have a link to your show in the show notes as well. Cool. Um, well, thank you again for being on, and I guess all that is left to say is thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrapp. I am at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. <laughs> we'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. And tell us if all is pooping. <laughs> <laughs>